Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It was like okay, there was a show scheduled, so I produced works and I put them up. But I wanted to ask myself, what was the reason I was painting? While there's no objective, what is it that is driving me to painting? Why am I in it? So that there would come a point when I would get into this commercial world will start coming in, and I need to be very clear that my compass is not driven by that. So where is my compass pointing? Became my my question that I wanted to find out. Art is a form of expression for an artist. It is so personal, it's inspiring, thought-provoking. It's like a language in itself that can be interpreted in so many different ways and I believe can change lives. I am so in awe of all the artists that I have chatted with in this series and I have personally learned and gained so much from each conversation. And I hope you do the same. So happy listening. Hi everyone. Today I am in conversation with the very, very talented Rahul Inamdar. Um, As a background to Rahul, he was, or not was, but is an MBA. Um, He's an engineer. He had a very, very fulfilling corporate life for, if I'm not mistaken, about 10 years. And then in 2007, decided that he wanted to become a full-time artist. Um, And I have seen his art um, in in, uh, Dubai at the Dubai Fair and also whatever I saw online. Looks like his art is extremely soulful and um, very, very reflective. So I'm really um, curious and very excited to have this conversation with you, Rahul. So thank you for, for joining in today. Thank you so much, Payal, for having me on the show. So Rahul, um, a little bit about your background. Um, I come from a normal middle-class Indian household where uh, we don't really dare to get into art. We want to have very linear professions like medicine, like engineering, and kind of uh, have a predictable life from there. So that's what uh, kind of I got into. Um, Initially, after my engineering, I did my MBA, and I was pretty keen about marketing and advertising as the stream. So I worked with a couple of companies uh, in India. uh, And uh, I think in 2007 is when the when I realized that this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And uh, so I started painting actually in 2007. It did took, it took me a little more to kind of have the confidence to quit. Uh, so I really quit my corporate job as head of innovation in one of the companies. It 
2013. So in fact, this year I complete 10 years of my full-time art. Oh, so from 2007 to 2013, you were just, um, you were sort of painting, but you were doing it in parallel to your corporate job. Yes. Till, yes. Like you mentioned, because you wanted to gain confidence. Okay, so how did art, I mean, like, how did you think of art as, um, you know, becoming a part of, an integral part of your life? Um, it's very interesting. Uh, uh, this has a connection with the life philosophy that one may want to live by. So once I got into corporate life, I realized that everything was uh, towards a certain goal. You wanted to reach somewhere. And I multiple times I realized that when you reach there, you don't have the joy that you thought you would have. So the joy is actually in the walking towards than getting there. Mm -hmm. I started feeling that there is something that I'm missing. Uh, this is not the way life should be led. And that was, I think, the beginning of uh, my trying to do something without a brief, without an objective, just uh, for the love of it. And that's how I got into art. Uh, I was introduced to art during school days. My mother paints. So okay. there was a bit of exposure to oil paints. That's what I began with. I did not think of a genre that I like. Nothing. It was not towards an objective at all. It was just like... And, and I guess, yeah. Yeah, that's what you were trying to get away from, right? Uh, for an ultimate goal. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, so when you actually started to paint, uh, you said that, um, you did that from 2007 to 2013 till you got really, really confident. Um, what is it that you would paint? Oh my God. If I see those works, I would, I'm like, how did my family allow me to do this? <laughs> looking at those works. Uh, but what happens is uh, when we begin painting, we, we feel that there is a, there's a surface and on that you apply paints and we make something. So initially my, most of my works were figurative. They were about cities, not really landscape, but uh, maybe slightly abstracted uh, things that were around me in, in life. So, but that also was, I, I, that was also kind of thing. Let me do this on a Sunday. Let me just do something that I have not done yesterday or not done last week. Let me do it now. So it was just a lot of exploration. Uh, in fact, one of the, I remember in about 2009-10, uh, I was working with a company and I was working with the MD of the company. And it so happened that I told her that I, you know, I want to paint. And that has been really at the back of. So she said that, why don't you take a day off? So I had a two-day weekend and I had an additional day. So I had a three-day weekend then just for me to paint. And then I realized that there is an income coming in and there is a space. So, so money is there, there's time and there is space. So I, I took up a studio, which was like a, a house next door uh, on rent. And I started painting there. In that one year, I would have made about 100, and, 100 plus paintings. But uh, that was the time when... Uh, 
while I did not reach anywhere in terms of the quality of painting, in fact, I didn't even think about it. But uh, just the volume of it and, and being with the painting, I, I started realizing that it was like calling. Mm. I couldn't deny it. And it was giving me a uh, maybe happiness of peace, which was far beyond what I was getting in my corporate job. And that made it very clear to me that I need to get into this and pursue this and build up from there. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, um, it was like a process that you, um, you know, you went through and the more you painted, the more it, it became like you, you yourself said, like a calling. Um, and you felt that, you know, yes, I'm ready. And this is what I really want to be able to do um, for us. I, again, with no, because like you mentioned earlier, um, if you have this goal that I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, um, given what I'm hearing from you, it would probably at some point, um, you know, you'd probably go back again and say, oh, but why am I doing this? Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Because I noticed that uh, when I was researching you, I noticed uh, at some point um, you mentioned that you did, uh, you didn't say it in those many words, but that's the impression I got. You can correct me if I'm wrong, is that you did reach a point where um, you were stuck and you mentioned that you started writing. Um, am I, I mean, is that, is that my correct, uh, interpretation of what no, I, it, yeah, it, it did happen in sometime in 2017, uh, I reached a point when I started, um, saying like, what is my language? So, uh, it, it has gone through multiple steps. Like when I had my first show, uh, and this happened in 2013, my first show was a solo show. I made the works, I put it up. And after that show, I, I went into this period of no painting. So I, like, I kept, I kept thinking and... But, like, why was that? Uh, it was like, okay, there was a show scheduled, so I produced works and I put them up. But I wanted to ask myself, what was the reason I was painting? While there's no objective what is it that is driving me to painting? Why am I in it? So that there would come a point when I would get into this commercial world will start coming in and I need to be very clear that my compass is not driven by that. Mm -hmm. So where is my compass pointing became my my question that I wanted to find out. So uh, I, I spent a lot of time that time saying what is the kind of work I want to make? So I started listing down the works that have really moved me. Some of them were uh, works such as uh, Monet's in Musello Orangery, then Rothko's in Rothko Chapel. Then there's this uh, Hindustani vocalist singer, Kumar Gandharva, some of his uh, pieces. So then there, I remembered a concrete road, then the texture of that and the feel. And all of those, these, I just wrote down these about 10 things that have given me goosebumps. I said, there is something common in these that have appealed to me, uh, to my subconscious. And I need to kind of make work which will kind of have the same effect on me. 
Now, obviously, you cannot prepare it. There is no recipe to it. Yeah. You just kind of make a work and then you say, okay, is it talking to me or not? Yeah. And that has been my editing parameter. I don't edit works. If the work is speaking to me, the work is um, telling me something that I don't even get it, but it just it's, it's moving me, then it stays with me. If it is not, then it gets thrown away. And that has really been the been the simplest process. But these six, seven months, I also did a lot of technical work because I, I am a self-taught artist. One is the kind of color that comes from a tube. So you buy an oil paint or you buy whichever one, this or the colors. You need to understand the physics and chemistry of these colors. Like some, some colors are cheaper and some are more expensive and one must understand why they are and what is the value that they are adding. Mm -hmm. Also, um, Indians call, there's a word called sanskar. So you take something and you work on it to transform it into something. So even the colors that come out of your tube, to make them reach your canvas, you, there is a there is an in-between work that must happen. That work happens with the instruments, with the dilution, with the concentration, with the application, um, the reapplication. Understanding that uh, every roll of a roller is like time passing. So one must like I would call it realization of the tools that you have. You must realize the tools so that then you can surrender to them. So they actually if, become, yeah, no, that's that's a very the time I, interesting way of, of uh, looking at it. And the connection that you have with um, the process, which will include, um, so you don't take anything for granted. Um, you know, the paint or the brush or the roller, whatever it is that you may be using, you... So what, we, yeah. what we have around us is years of wisdom. What I don't have is a teacher who will un open the wisdom and tell, show me. Right? So I need to take the tube. I take it with all the respect that for the product that is there. And I need to uh, almost kind of uh, understand what is the wisdom that has gone in. How does it work? Like, how does the pigment work? What happens when light strikes it? And how do I see it? So the physiology of my eye and my ability to see actually kind of fits in with the kind of color that I use. Or for example, if you see this canvas, like the, the surface of the canvas and the weave of the canvas. So initially I was using cotton canvas. And the kind of weave that I was having was like pretty loud. So even after I paint, I, it would show. Yeah. My question was, do I want it to show? I don't want to control, but I want to select my materials that speak to me. So how do you go on from all the options that you have in the world, reducing it down to a place where these are the things that, you, that speak to you and you are almost dialoguing with them when you're making the piece of art. Because again, in uh, I do not work from compositions. I'm not thinking that, okay, this is how, what is going to look good. Now let me just place colors in these boxes. It's not how. You're almost evolving the work. And when you're doing that, then you want friends with you. And the canvas is a friend and the tools are the friend and the colors are the friend. Again, the other thing is that each piece gets made only once. If there is no... Uh, because I'm not composing, there's no reputation that I will say, okay, this is the work, this is the wrong thing, I will discard and to make another one. Because it happens only once, 
I need to have the best of the materials when I'm making it. It shouldn't so happen that I made it and I say, oh my God, why have I kind of compromised on this? So slowly and steadily, I started realizing the entire process, how I would want. At the same time, my work started in terms of form, the work started changing. And so both of them started going together. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's what you meant, yeah, that's what you meant, uh, trying to understand the language when you you know you mentioned that earlier so in short um you've kind of evolved uh with your works uh with time and experimentation and understanding of what so you've kind of grown with it organically um and like you've mentioned you know you were not looking at the commercial angle of it which would then become very then it would you know it would lose that essence right um is is what my understanding is if you see this process of growth experimentation is a very important element yeah the moment i bring in a commercial angle I start saying that okay, I need to rely on this to get me a certain amount of money in. I my experimentation will start dropping down because there will be something to lose if I don't achieve it. Experimentation will only happen when I am absolutely at peace and absolutely secure, and I would just go freewheeling into those waves of of exploration, and then come back with something or may not. Yeah, like. Obviously, there's a lot of time and money that is spent when you go on experimenting. Like the works that you saw were oil paints on silk. Yeah. Now, uh, from canvas, I, why did I go to silk? And uh, I, I almost, like I, I did four rounds of work on, on silk before presenting those works. Um, but all of that is, I would not have happened if I am completely locked in into commercials. Yeah. So, uh, a great help is uh, from the family. My wife is very supportive of this. And she's like, okay, I'll be running the house and you take care of your art. Uh, because all said and done, art is a difficult uh, profession. If you want to be go more and more pure, the target audience that, will, that it will appeal to will be smaller and smaller. And you need to be willing to kind of be with it. Yeah. So I was going to ask, actually, I was going to ask, what are some of your struggles as an artist? Um, so you kind of responded a little bit to it, but um, I'd like to know more from you. you I would not call it a struggle. I, I don't like the word struggle at like all. Struggle. Uh, okay. Because struggle is a notion of you feeling that something is incomplete. Like right? There is this uh, friction internally in, in the word struggle. Uh, I would still call it an experimentation kind of thing. Uh, uh, and uh, if you're saying what you don't like in the journey of art, that I can tell you. <laughs> okay. So I don't, like, I don't like exhibitions, actually. The problem uh, with, with a show or an exhibition is that it makes it about it. So there's going to be an exhibition and I need to put out works. So either I start thinking about it or I still make works which are driven by the presence of that exhibition. And that is what I don't like. It's a reality of uh, of life that there is some bit of commercialization that has to happen. However, it does uh, take away from the from the purity of practice in some way. How I believe that is the that is what I what I don't like. Apart from that, it's it's an incredible thing. 
practicing something in your own space, in your like the, even the direction is your own, uh, the exploration is your own, and uh, all the failures are your own, and all the successes are your own, and that's really beautiful. Also, what happens is this medium is uh, um, you will have to really listen to it for it to start talking to you. Most of the times, uh, see if I'm writing. I can read what I've written. So the words already come as kind of uh, vessels of meaning, right? I just, I put the vessels and I I can edit them and I can place them around. With colors, uh, red may not be what it is known for. Or a blue may not be what you associate with. So it's far more free and uh, to interpretation. So, so what one is trying to say using those colors or using the lines or planes, it's actually massively open. There isn't, uh, and for oneself as well as for the viewer. So, so it's 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 a very it's a very abstract journey in that sense, and uh, that that makes it very valuable actually to have. Like we don't really walk in the dark most of the times. Most of the times we want to have a structured, uh, clear path. This is a great adventure and a lot of fun. No, absolutely. And and if you know you're passionate about it, um, to the extent that you've um, you know you've because in today's times there is a lot of commercialization of art. There's no kind of there's no escaping that, and there's no you know, and there are so many consumers who. Uh, will go and I, I saw that at the Dubai Art Fair or any other art um, shows that I may have gone to but for an artist I feel that um, you know so you had like a a, um, a stall or a, or a space people were just walking past hold up what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, and, you know, and... So how many people in that art fair were actually there to and stopped by to appreciate your art? Because there were like 500 other artists or galleries who were exhibiting. So, you know, so that's the commercialization aspect of it. Um, and people would be there in the hope that they could sell. But I think it's it's far deeper from uh, your point of view and uh, which is what I find really, really interesting is that, and 
you know, that um, your art is essentially your journey. It's your thought process. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to lead to an ultimate buying of your art, you know, which, yeah, which I think is... I would say it will happen. Yeah. I'd say uh, it's, it's just about the time frame. Yeah. So if I start thinking of time and say, when will it happen? Then the entire thing becomes objective bound. Yeah. I If I just remove the time frame and I say, okay, let me make the work. And when it has to sell, it will. And I've seen this happening. If somebody sees one photograph of that work and they will find me, okay, can I see more of your works? And they will come down and ask. So actually, it's not something that one must worry. Yeah. Uh, uh, and when... Like I make the work. Why did I put put out the works? Uh, so silk works that you saw. Yeah. I know that it's a it's a risk even putting them them out or sharing. But what I feel is it's an it's an important thing for me to do. That is my most recent work. I want to be surrounded by that work. If I'm spending four days sitting in a in an art fair with, with a lot of clutter. I at least want to be in the middle of my works, which are the most recent works. What I consume is has an impact on what I produce. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be consuming things that I did about five years back, seven years back. I'm no more that. Here, when I sit here, I, I start reflecting, I start thinking about it, I start, okay, what is what is happening with, with these kind of works? And, I, and, and in turn, the works moves forward. So that's the reason why... I, I really don't think how many people will buy or uh, award, but are these works powerful enough for people to stop and vote? Like I did, for example. And, and people, yeah. people just go silent. They don't know what to say, but that's what the works are doing to you. Yeah. Will not, if if a work has been produced, uh, so these works are obvious, every work is actually first time in the world, right? It's not coming from any other source. Yeah. So it will have that impact if it moves you deeply. It is like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. Um, do you think that art um, has the power of actually changing lives from a social perspective? Oh, it does. It has as much power as, say, meditation. If I were to put it out as, will meditation have power to change people's lives? And I think everybody will say yes. Does I, I think it's pretty universal in that sense. Um, but when I say art, art is a much abused word. Um, art uh, has a lot of qualifiers. It's not something that we will just kind of... Uh, see on a wall and this I learned sometime back but art that can truly make us go silent make us go within ourselves and that's that's really powerful it it does change life and I'm like I've experienced this yeah uh, it, it it makes you feel centered it's like uh, whichever activity that kind of I think some people find their flow in sports when they're surfing or maybe when they're doing yoga or maybe when they're singing and, and they find their flow. And sometimes when we are listening to music and, and there's a piece and we get lost, 
what is this getting lost? Getting lost is almost like stopping time, which is continuously moving through the actions that, that we keep doing all the time. And when we stop time, what happens is that we get into something called a like a time vacuum where we are just there. So we are almost kind of, it's exactly same space where we are concentrating on our breathing and without thinking anything else. Uh, I, I think that that's a great, like in the, in the world of Instagram and, and, and the entire social media, I think centering is something each one of us, if introduced to, misses. If not introduced to, yeah, we are free. We don't even know that yeah. that, that exists. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's extremely relevant today. In fact, uh, the other thing about art is uh, there is a connection between being human and art. I think it's it's it has that kind of um, there is an ex like when we see a painting like Guernica, uh, the the kind of emotions that are aroused are not just because he has thrown those elements around, but the entire work itself moves us. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not some of the parts. Yeah, it's actually far beyond, and I think very rarely we see such things so seeing art actually uh, of of every type can actually get us or make us better human being i would say yeah that is true yeah um you know i i saw that you also did some um, work on linen right so um what to, I mean, so you've obviously experimented, you mentioned with different surfaces of like cotton canvas and the canvas, um, you know, the more smooth, I don't know what it's called, but the smooth canvas, uh, plus you mentioned silk. And then I saw that you've also experimented with linen. So out of all these different um, materials that you have used, uh, which one kind of calls you the most? Um, so as I explained, um, the material of the canvas is extremely critical. So I have used cotton canvas. I have used cotton paper, which is completely made of cotton and which is hot pressed and a very seamless surface. I've used linen canvas again, which is linen and coated, uh, primed and sized. Yeah. I use silk, all of them. Uh, essentially. The canvases that we have are coated with, uh, say, a color. Right. Just so is what, what we call it. And we kind of uh, coat it and work on the same. Right. So basically, we are working on a surface which is uh, almost a plastic surface. So it's a, it's a completely firm surface that I'm, I'm working on. So between cotton and linen canvas, I prefer linen canvas because I get a very tight weave. And the surface is very smooth, which helps my work. But that's an absolute personal choice. It's basically when I'm I'm using so in uh, we call it, what is a rolling pin, the balen. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my tools that I use on canvas. So I want the least amount of resistance to that balen movement, and um, that can only happen if the canvas is very smooth. Otherwise, uh, I will have uh, speed breakers. Yeah. So that's why I prefer. But going further from here, what I what I realized uh, during COVID actually uh, is that 
we have very little in our control in life and we feel that we are in control all the time we have this illusion of control when covid came and struck us and so many people lost their lives lost their family members and we were just at home blocked in 3 4 5 months not even stepping out it it i i started realizing that controlling an artwork is actually a very fake way of making the work the art art must happen must flow so i need to reduce my role from the maker of the work to just one of the instruments one of the those instruments that put it together and that is where uh, i said that i cannot be working on this uh, primed canvas uh, because it's very plasticized unless i work on it it is not really playing a role it is pretty passive so in terms of my experiments i went on the uncoated side of the canvas which was like a fabric on a fabric when you put a drop of color the color starts moving yeah and and even if you try to move it in a certain way you can't so it's almost like in the equation there were colors there was canvas and there was me and the canvas was being passive now when i moved to the fabric of the canvas the canvas became active and my role reduced and i made a whole series uh, called reduction on on and these and which i showed in delhi in my gallery uh and incredible results <laughs> i i it's like what we don't realize is how much we lose out because we've been taught that things must happen in a certain way hmm. now obviously there is a certain chemistry that comes into play so these uh, when i'm working on a, a fabric then there is i need to kind of coat it and i need to kind of seal it and all of those those also happen so from that canvas uh, because linen and uh, cotton are essentially cellulose based fibers 75 plus percent is all cellulose i move to silk because silk is 95% protein based fiber so the entire behavior of a silk fiber silk Will fabric is very yeah. as compared yeah. to this the absorption is different half of the color almost passes through so the colors are milder but it is absolutely in sync with what i want to do i want to go as subtle i want to go as sublime and that is where i am not being i'm not crafting it i am working on the right medium yeah. and let it happen so without like, really like you said you're one of the you're one of the moving parts you're not right. yeah 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 so without taking control absolutely behave uh, enjoying the process of surrender i'm able to let the work come through which is in sync with how i want it to so finally i i take so my work has to be like uh, so if you look at darwin's theory of evolution and those three equations survival of the fittest and uh, those three equations that he is actually able to reduce down why we see evolution in those three lines yeah so it's and we keep looking at this there is something survive something survives because it's fitter and sur- uh, because it survives it procreates and that's why how the new species begin now these three things keep repeating and repeating and we see the entire beautiful nature around us with all its variations just basis and i find this to be something that as an artist i want to practice i don't want to be sitting there and working on it but i want to be with it as the pro, as it kind of organically evolves and i want to witness it and yeah maybe it is my, my work but so my work is actually not painting a canvas my work is uh, to kind of bring it all together and let it 
play. Let it play. And then, you know, then it's uh, how um, the viewer kind of perceives it or what, you know, it's it's their thinking then. Yeah, no, that's, that's quite interesting. Um, one piece of what you have created that uh, called you the most and why? Gee, why is a very difficult question to answer uh, because it's not a it's not a conscious uh, understanding like it's not a feeling saying ah oh, this is a beautiful piece I never get that feeling in fact uh, the pieces that really stay with me are not something that I can classify as beautiful I always have question marks on them I'm like okay what is it because it's the piece is always ahead of me. I am. I have to catch up with the with the work, so I'm seeing it for the first time. So I remember a couple of pieces have been really uh, there with me. Uh, one of them was a. I we were doing a film. Uh, we were shooting a film on my work, and it was a diptych that I had made. Uh, out of that one work, one piece got completed, and the other one was being worked on. And between the two, it was, I just kind of took a break. I put up the piece on the wall. I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I was very overwhelmed by by that piece. As, and I, I still cannot gauge why that happened. Even if I see the piece again, I, I don't get the feeling anymore. But that is, that is when it happened to me and it, it just stopped me in the track. Wow. So that's how how much power that piece uh, had over you yeah. that you were so overwhelmed. In, in that moment, it in all moment, happened yeah. like that. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I could keep listening to you forever, but uh, Rahul, um, you know, I guess I have to um, wind down this conversation. I just wanted, you know, for you to just share some thoughts with um again i mean aspiring artists i'm not sure if um that's the right term to use but um in your context but um you know any like people who've um like you who would want to move uh towards being creative uh but don't have the guts to do it uh, what would your advice be for them so i would say first of all uh, if you want to be creative and you're not being creative that means you're working somewhere you're doing some work which maybe financially it supports you in some way have a lot of respect for that work it feeds you there's no point in struggling with that. Whereas one small piece of your time, reserve it for yourself. It could be 30 minutes, it could be 10 minutes, it could be an hour. In that time, do not do anything else but your calling. Answer your calling in that, that time. Just do it every day. And don't think about anything else. 
my experience is that that calling expands because it is calling it is not really something that you are trying to tell yourself it is it's coming from a place which is which is beyond you uh one it starts feeding you back with a lot of nourishment you become more and more uh anchored in in that space second uh it starts demanding more and more time when you are not toned the time is is not difficult to give when it starts demanding time you will start giving time because you really are not in control that voice is in control and you just kind of follow it so i would say that the entire worldly thing of okay let me just quit my job and let me do with this and there's going to be responsibilities money is required and that is a reality there's no point in struggling with that the idea is to kind of glide from the requirement of money to uh the requirement of your time so converting your money back into your time is is really the the thing to do for artists i would say uh again our work uh, one question we need to ask is what is our work and that is the question that stays with us all through our life why do we do art and what is it that we are doing in it and it's not that you will get an answer now or maybe the answer will come and it will go uh but i think that is the question that will keep on giving you clarity keep on keep will keep you anchored because there are a lot of things that will keep changing and that will keep on swaying you but there's one thing that remains true is is that the art is coming through you if you are not there the art is not there yeah. so there is certain it's almost like a reason for your own existence is that art so i, I think uh all the artists if if they have kind of found it like a calling then it is something that is beyond them and they need to kind of just go with it yeah that's true that is so true i mean you and and like you're saying it's a process so you don't you know if if it's something that is calling you um allow it to evolve into um a like a very very centered um thought and experience before you jump into it like for you from 2007 to 2013 um you allowed that you know um emotion to find um an outlet and and that's when you decided to kind of make that shift right in, in 2012 i was uh, attending one of my launches product launches and i heard heard a voice saying your work is done now you go and next day i resigned wow because it was that it was that clear so i i would say that when you start going with the flow there is no choice the choice gets made today we think that i am deciding that's really not not real it it gets decided you just have to be with it yeah it gets decided you just have to be with it on that note uh thank you so much rahul it's just been so much, really Brian. really very inspiring to listen to you and uh, and i hope um you know through this conversation a lot of people who are listening in or who will eventually watch the interview on on youtube will also get inspired and uh, 
you know, just keep at it. And I'm, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more evolution in what you do over the years. So I'm going to definitely follow that very, very closely. And I really appreciate your time and this conversation. Thank you so much, Payal. Thank, Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. So until the next episode, this is Payal signing off. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.